0: chapter two part two of the mysteries of paris volume five by eugene Sue. this Librebox recording is in the public domain murphy and polidori part two i opened my letter to repair something i had i regret to say forgotten according to your noble suggestion i went to the prison of st lazare to visit the poor women prisoners and i found there an unhappy girl in whom you are interested her angelic mildness Her pious resignation were the admiration of the respectable women who superintend the prisoners. To say that she is called La Goualeuse is to urge you to obtain her liberty instantly. The poor girl will tell you under what circumstances she was carried off from the asylum in which you had placed her and was put in prison, where, at least, the candor and sweetness of her disposition have been appreciated. Permit me also to recall to you my two future proteges, the unhappy mother and daughter despoiled by the Notre Ferrand. Where are they? i pray of you to try and discover them so that on my return to paris i may pay the debt i have contracted towards all unfortunate beings what has la goualeuse then left the bouqueval farm inquired murphy as much astonished as rodolph at this fresh discovery just now i was informed that she had been quitting st lazare replied rodolph i am quite bewildered on the subject madame georges's silence surprises and disturbs me poor little fleur-de-marie what fresh disasters can have befallen her send a man on horseback directly to the farm and write to madame georges that i beg of her to come to paris instantly request Monsieur de grone to procure for me a permission to visit st lazare by what madame d'harville says to me fleur-de-marie must be confined there yet no he added she cannot be there for rigolette saw her leave the prison with an aged woman could it be madame georges if not who could be the woman that accompanied la goualeuse patience monseigneur before the evening you will know all about it then to-morrow you can interrogate that vagabond Polidori who has he assures me important disclosures to make but to you alone this interview will be the most odious to me said rodolphe sorrowfully but i have never seen this man since the fatal day when i rodolphe unable to finish hid his face in his hands but monseigneur why accede to polidori's request threaten him with the justice of the french law or immediate surrender to your authority and then he will reveal to me what he now declares he will only reveal to you you are right my worthy friend for the presence of this wretch would make my terrible recollections even still more distressing connected as they are with incurable griefs from my father's death to that of my daughter i know not how it is but as i advance in life the more i seem to miss that dear child how i should have adored her how very dear and precious to me she would have been this offspring of my first love of my earliest and purest beliefs or rather my young illusions. i should have poured out on this innocent creature those treasures of affection of which her hateful mother is so unworthy and it seems to me that as i have dreamt this child by the beauty of her mind the charm of her qualities would have soothed and softened all my griefs all these pangs of remorse which are alas attached to her fatal birth monseigneur i see with grief the increasing empire which these regrets as vain as they are bitter assume over your mind after some moments silence rodolph said to murphy i will now make a confession to you my old friend i love-yes i passionately love a woman worthy of the noblest the most devoted affection since my heart has again expanded to all the sweetness of love since i am thus again affected by tender emotions i feel more deeply than ever the loss of my daughter i might have feared that an attachment of the heart would weaken the bitterness of my regrets it is not so all my loving qualities my affections are but the keener i feel myself better more charitable and more than ever is it afflicting to me not to have my daughter to adore nothing more easily explained monseigneur forgive me the comparison but as certain men have a joyous and benevolent intoxication so you have good and generous love still my hatred of the wicked has become more intense my aversion for sarah increases in proportion no doubt to the grief i experience at my daughter's death i imagine to myself that that wretched mother must have neglected her and that when once her ambitious hopes were ruined by my marriage the countess in her pitiless selfishness abandoned our daughter to mercenary hands and perhaps my child died from actual neglect it is my fault also i did not then think of the sacred duties which paternity imposes when sarah's real character was suddenly revealed to me i ought instantly to have taken my daughter from her and washed over her with love and anxiety i ought to have foreseen that the countess would make but a very unnatural mother it is my fault yes indeed my fault monseigneur grief distracts you could you after the sad event you know of delay for a day the long journey imposed on you as as an expiator you are right my friend said rodolph greatly agitated you have not heard anything of the countess sarah since my departure monseigneur no since those infamous plots which twice nearly destroyed madame d'harville i have heard nothing of her her presence here is hateful to me oppresses me it seems as though my evil demon was near me and some new misfortune threatens me patience patience monseigneur fortunately germany is forbidden ground to her and germany awaits us yes we shall go very soon at least during my short residence in paris i shall have accomplished a sacred vow and have made some steps in the meritorious path which an august and merciful will has traced for my redemption as soon as madame georges son is restored to her tender arms free and innocent as soon as jacques ferrand shall be convicted and punished for his crimes as soon as i am assured of the good prosperity of all the honest and hard-working creatures who by their resignation courage and probity have deserved my interest we will return to germany and then my journey will not have been wholly unfruitful particularly if you achieve the exposure of that abominable wretch jacques ferrand monseigneur the angular stone the pivot on which turns so many crimes although the end justifies the means and scruples with such a scoundrel are absurd yet i sometimes regret that i have allowed cecily to become an instrument in working out this just and avenging reparation she ought to be here very shortly she has arrived cecily yes i refuse to see her De groen has given her ample instructions and she has promised to comply with them will she keep that promise why everything conspires to make me think so there is the hope of ameliorating her future condition and the fear of being instantly sent back to germany to prison for De groen will not lose sight of her and the least defection on her part will cause her being handed over to justice true she comes here as an escaped criminal and when we know the crimes that have led to her perpetual imprisonment she would be at once surrendered to our demand and then even if it were not her interest to aid our schemes the task which is assigned to her being one which can only be effected by stratagem perfidy and the most devilish seduction cecily must be and the baron assures me she really is overjoyed at such an opportunity for playing off those infernal advantages with which she is so liberally endowed is she as handsome as she was monseigneur de Groen declares that she is more attractive than ever he told me that he was really quite dazzled at her beauty to which the alsatian costume she had chosen gave even more piquancy the glance of this devil in petticoats he says has still the same really magic expression why monseigneur i have never been what is called a dissipated fellow a man without heart or conduct but if at twenty years of age i had met with cecily even knowing her then to be as dangerous as wicked as i do now i assure you i would not have answered for myself if i had been for any time exposed to the fire of her large black and brilliant eyes sparkling in the centre of her pale and ardent countenance yes by heaven i dare not think of the extremities into which so fatal an amour might have urged me i am not astonished my dear murphy for i know this woman moreover the baron was really frightened at the quickness with which cecily understood or rather guessed the part at once inciting and platonic which she was to play with the notary but will she think you to be introduced as easily as you wish monseigneur by the intervention of madame pipelet individuals like jacques ferrand are so suspicious i had relied with reason on the sight of cecily to overcome and dissipate the notary's distrust what has he already seen her yesterday and from what madame pipelet told me i have no doubt but he was fascinated by the creole for he instantly took her into service then monseigneur the game is won and ours i hope so a ferocious cupidity, a brutal passion have impelled the injurer of louise morel to the most odious crimes it is in his passion and his cupidity that he shall find the terrible punishment of his crimes. A punishment which, moreover, shall not be without fruit for his victims, for you know the aim of all the Creole's wiles. Cecily, Cecily! Never did greater wickedness, never more dangerous corruption, never blacker soul have served for the accomplishment of a more strict morality, a more just result. And David, monseigneur, what does he say to this arrangement? approves of everything at the pitch of contempt and horror which he has reached for this creature he sees in her only the instrument of a just vengeance if this accursed woman ever could deserve any commiseration after all the ill she has done me he said to me it would be by devoting herself to the remorseless punishment of the scoundrel whose exterminating demon she may become a servant having knocked at the door murphy went out but soon returned with two letters only one of which was for rodolph a line from madame georges he said as he hastily perused it well monseigneur and la goualeuse there can be no further doubt exclaimed Rodolphe after having read there is some dark plot afoot on the evening of the day when the poor girl disappeared from the farm and at the instant when madame georges was about to inform me of this event a man unknown to her sent express and on horseback came as from me to tell her that i was aware of the sudden disappearance of fleur-de-marie and that in a few days i should take her back to the farm in spite of this madame georges uneasy at my silence with respect to her protege, cannot as she says resist the desire to hear how her daughter is for so she calls her it is very strange monseigneur what could be the motive for carrying off fleur-de-marie monseigneur said murphy suddenly the countess sarah is no stranger to this carrying off sarah and what makes you think so compare this event with her denunciations against madame d'harville you are right cried rodolph struck with a sudden light it is evident now i understand yes constantly the one calculation the countess persists in thinking that by breaking down all the affections which she supposes me to form she will make me feel the necessity of attaching myself to her this is as odious as it is absurd still such unworthy persecution must be put a stop to it is not only myself but all that deserve respect interest and pity that this woman assails send m de groen instantly and officially to the countess and let him say that i have the certain assurance that she has been instrumental in carrying off fleur-de-marie and if she does not give me at once such information as is necessary for me to find the poor girl i will show no mercy and then m de groen will go to the law officers of the crown according to madame d'harville's letter la goualeuse must be in st lazare yes but rigolette declares that she saw her free and quit the prison there is some mystery which i must clear up i will instantly go and give the baron de Groen your orders monseigneur but allow me to open this letter which comes from my correspondent at marseilles to whom i had recommended the chourineur as he was to facilitate the passage of the poor devil to algeria well has he set sail monseigneur it is really singular what is it after having waited for a long time at marseilles for a ship to convey him to algeria the chourineur who seemed every day more sad and serious suddenly protested on the very day fixed for his embarkation that he should prefer returning to paris what a whim although my correspondent had as agreed placed a considerable sum at the disposal of the chourineur he had only taken sufficient for his return to paris where he must shortly arrive then he will explain to us this change of resolution but dispatch the Groen immediately to the countess macgregor and go yourself to st lazare and inquire about fleur-de-marie after the lapse of an hour the baron de Groen returned from the countess sarah macgregor's in spite of his habitual and official sang froid the diplomatist seemed overwhelmed the groom of the chambers had scarcely admitted him before rodolph observed his paleness well de groen what ails you have you seen the countess your royal highness must prepare for very painful intelligence so unexpected the countess macgregor the countess then is dead no but her life is despaired of she has been stabbed with a stiletto horrible exclaimed rodolph who committed the crime that is not ascertained the murder was accompanied with robbery. A large quantity of jewels have been stolen. And how is she now? She has not recovered her senses yet. Her brother is in despair. Send someone daily to make inquiries, my dear De Grone. At this moment Murphy entered, having returned from St. Lazare. Sad news, said Rodolphe to him. Sarah has been stabbed. Ah, monseigneur, though very guilty, one must still pity her yes such a fearful end and la goualeuse set at liberty by the intercession of madame d'harville that is impossible for madame d'harville entreats me to take the necessary steps for getting the poor unhappy girl out of prison yet an elderly woman came to st lazare bringing an order to set fleur-de-marie at liberty and they both quitted the prison together as rigolette said but this elderly woman who can she be the countess sarah alone can clear this up and she is in no state to afford us particulars but her brother tom satan may throw some light on it he has always been in his sister's confidence his sister is dying and if there is any fresh plot he will not say a word but added rodolph we must learn the name of the person who liberated fleur-de-marie and then we shall arrive at something true monseigneur try then and find out this person my dear de And if you do not succeed, put your Monsieur Badinot on the scent. Your Royal Highness may rely on my zeal. Upon my word, monseigneur, said Murphy, it is perhaps fortunate that the Chourineur returns to us. His services may be useful. You are right. And now I am impatient to see my brave preserver arrive in Paris, for I never can forget that I owe my life to him. End of chapter two read by Celine.